Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, Tony, baby. You're a mess. Thank Grimes, it's Tuesday. It's time for Trend Lightly. Are you ready? The trending news podcast for anyone who is literally not an absolute virgin. (laughs) Extremely online, extremely clueless, horny for Bitcoin. Oh, baby. You're in the right place. Now it's time to meet your host, the Irish-American tornado and the real princess of Wales. We are back. Molly McAleer and Tiffany Maddox. Welcome back to Trend Lightly. I'm Molly McAleer, and with me as always is my fantastic co-host, Tiffany Scott Maddox. Hey, babe. Hi. How's it going? Good, good. Happy uh, Thanksgiving to everyone who's listening, or happy Thanksgiving is over. Happy Mariah season, right? Are we officially in Mariah season? I think so. Do you know, I was going to put my tree up this weekend. Oh, nice. I didn't. I like basically I've got some stuff that needs to go into storage and my treat for arranging in it to be collected and put into storage is putting the tree up. So like I need I need an incentive. But I did watch my first Christmas movie of the season today, not two hours before starting the record of this pod. What was it? It's called A Christmas Karen. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) what is that on it was i was on like amazon prime like you know when they just like sometimes they'll bring up a movie like that just didn't get distributed anywhere and they're like yeah "Yeah, this will this will put this on here and it's about a woman called karen who's a massive karen who it's basically a christmas carol yeah it's just that so she's like a massive bitch she's always asking to speak to the manager she's like unkind to people of color she's like she goes to bed and she's reading a book called speak english in this country and what yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic it's really fun like me and billy were like this is exactly what we wanted like i didn't even know i wanted this and i so enjoyed it um you can absolutely already without seeing the movie know the entire plot um it does involve a, a disowned gay brother. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's well worth it. So if you're looking for a trashy 90-minute, like not very well-made horror movie that I don't think would even be allowed, you know, it wouldn't be allowed on Hallmarks it, like at all, but like even below that as a tier, then this is the one. Did you say, is it a horror movie? Well, it does have horror elements to it. Okay. Okay. I mean, listen, one of my favorite movies is Scrooged, which is similar to – it's the same story with Bill Murray, and it's great. He's like a bad, rotten TV executive. 
And it's it's fantastic. It's one of my favorites every year to watch. So I do love that format. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Honestly, I might want to unplug with that tonight. It sounds like it would be a good one for Mother May Sleep a Podcast. Oh, it would absolutely. It really would be. It really okay. would be. <laughs> okay. I might hit up my next guest and see if they want to do a Christmas Karen. Yeah. That sounds really funny. Yeah. You can move it up the sketch. Yeah. So we both watched, I think, I don't know. I'll speak for myself. I watched the most media that I've watched in a very long time over this holiday. Nice. I watched Garfield's Thanksgiving, which is a classic. If you haven't seen Garfield's Thanksgiving, you got to see it. It's Garfield. And it, it, it was made in 1989. And it's great. Like, I'll give you a little summary. So... Garfield, uh, you know, finds out he has to go to the vet. And so he decides to rip the calendar like a page off and try and convince John it's Thanksgiving. And like John and him go to the grocery store because he believe John believes it. John's very dumb. Like I didn't know that when <laughs> I was a kid, but he's very dumb. Uh-huh. Barely hanging on, honestly. <laughs> and they go to the grocery store, but then John does trick Garfield and they wind up going to the vet anyway. And, you know, he's in love with Liz, the veterinarian. So he starts suffocating himself in in order for her to go on a date with him. And he just holds his breath and he almost <sighs> dies. And she finally agrees to come over for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's, that seems very coercive behavior. It is. And it was, that's what made it so funny. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then John fucks up the turkey and, you know, oh, she puts Garfield on a diet. (gasps) Yeah, she puts Garfield on a diet because he's fat. But then like once John, you know, once she comes over to John's and sees how upset Garfield is, she agrees to let him just do like an exercise thing instead of a diet. And he's allowed to eat Thanksgiving. And, you know, it's not a bad day. It's not a bad day from there. But it was a good show. And then we watched. Have you ever heard of the John Hughes movie Dutch? No. So we were looking for Thanksgiving movies. And it's 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. And we were like, why? Why is this movie? Because it's starring Ed O'Neill and a young Ethan Embry. And... Ethan Embry is fantastic in it, by the way. Like, one thing I just kept saying to Eric is, like, can you imagine, like, the casting process for this? Because it's a very sort of, like, meaty role for a young kid that you kind of did need to recreate the magic of, like, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone for Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Which is real. that was very much lightning in a bottle, you know? But it was, it's great. It's like Ed O'Neill and the shitty kid, it's like his, his, girlfriend's son and he goes to pick him up at boarding school and it's like their first time meeting and like they basically just beat the shit out of each other the entire way home on the road trip and like there's so many things where you're just like oh my god like you've got to be fucking kidding me I'm like Eric, he's showing him nude playing cards and like lighting off a shit ton of illegal fireworks. And like <laughs> he and this kid are like they they hitch a ride home with some working girls and like all this stuff. And it's just it was very funny. And we both were laughing the whole time, like both at the absurdity of it and because it's genuinely so funny. <laughs> Go do. We got into the vacation friends. 
oh. series. Have you oh. seen Vacation Friends? I have not. It's John Cena. Oh my god! <laughs> and apparently, America's most famous actor, Little Rel, Lil Rel, who's a comedian I had never heard of, but he was in every other movie we watched for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> And it's like sort of a fun, you know, you know, this couple bumps into these like fucking crazy people, which is John Cena and the chick who plays his girlfriend or wife. And yeah, it's like it, it, the first one was really enjoyable. Vacation Friends 2 had Steve Buscemi. Vacation Friends 2 was not as good. But I do think Vacation Friends 3 could have a lot of potential okay. if they did it. And then, um, yeah, we watched Game Night, too. Have you ever seen that one? I have seen that one. What'd you think? That's called Rachel McAdams, isn't it? Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. I think I watched it on a plane on the way back from Mexico. It's it's a watchable movie. It's um, Jesse Plemons, who plays the cop, is definitely the highlight of the movie. But... Yeah, it was I found it to be very frustrating. Right. Because there was so much stuff that I was just like you've got to be like it was a, you're above average like you've got to be fucking hitting me with some of the hijinks. Mm. Where I was like this is just bad like this is just bad dumb behavior. I find watching movies where like it's just like cons like I know it's like the whole point like you need it sometimes to to drive a plot forward but like where someone's just like continually incompetent, I, I find it really uh, frustrating to watch. Uh, yeah, I do too. Yeah. And especially if it's like not funny. We watched Tag too. Cause I said to him, like, I want to watch more modern comedies. Like, we usually get stuck in sort of the 80s, 90s comedies era, you know? Mm -hmm. And I said, let's do modern comedies this weekend. And yeah, that was that. Was that. But yeah, what did you, what were you, oh, and of course I watched Squid Game. Oh, of course. Yeah, we, for some reason we did a Sicario double bill <laughs> yesterday. What's that? The films about Mexican drug cartels that's oh. starring Benicio Del Toro and the, uh, the, Josh Brolin. That's it. The first one has Emily Blunt in it. It's really good and really dark and very impressive and like feels really real and procedural and like of course everything's in sepia when they're south of the border but it's like it's good it's like a good dark i don't know if, if you're if you're into that if you're into drug gangs and the fbi and the cia that might be the one and then we watched sicario too which i like to call cartel boogaloo which is not <laughs> as good <laughs> but it is Dude, still fun you're so right. They always hit it with the sepia filter. They love that. Which is like, why? Like, I know why. It's establishing sort of like the heat and like mm. the somewhat less, I don't know, like less colorful than. Yeah. You know, but it's like Mexico is very colorful. Oh my God. Mexico is beautiful. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love Mexico. But of all of the all of the many shades of it, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we did a Sicario double bill. We obviously watched a Christmas Karen. That was a real highlight. And this morning, we had a real hankering for Law and Order. So we watched a bunch of episodes in bed, and then like fell asleep, and then we like had a donut, and then like a tea and a coffee, and then went back to sleep. Anyway, it was really nice. It was really comforting. And then I see it, you. 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> Which ones did you watch? Well, here's the thing. We're, we're watching season four at the moment. Oh, that's a good one. And I got to tell you, there are so many episodes I simply do not remember. And same with Billy. It's like we have a collective memory blackout when it comes to season four. It's a really, those are four and five are really, really good. Yeah, it's pr- it's primo, right? Because it's like Alex Cabot's the DEA. Uh, yeah. Not the DEA, <laughs> the DA. Sorry, yeah. Sicario. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the DA. We've got a lot of George Wong. You know, we've got Primo, Captain Cragen. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's it's it was a those because like yeah because it's four seasons and they realize they're there to stay and yeah they were working on they brought some fresh issues to light I remember in that mm. one in like that season where at the time. At the time, you were really learning about sex crimes every week that, like, had no platform. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I feel like you can find a corner of the internet for almost anything or things are just more widely spoken about. But, yeah, back then they were really breaking some fresh stuff that no one had ever heard of. Hondo P. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the squid. Squid and let die. Squid and let die. I did watch it. There's five episodes up on there, I think. Yeah, and I was pissed because I thought we were getting the whole thing. So did I. When it stopped, I was like, eh? I couldn't believe it, and I was like, this is not what I subscribe to Netflix for. Yeah, I know. I, I don't think we ever asked Netflix to start releasing stuff in bundle, like little <sighs> chapters. I agree. I agree. So it's going to be every Wednesday for the next three weeks, right? Yeah, I think so. But they did this with Physical 100 as well. Like they dropped a couple of episodes right up and then they were just like, oh no, we're just, you have to wait. Physical 100. I forgot about Physical 100. I love that show Um, so much. (laughs) So, so is it going to be five episodes each time? No, surely there's like at the most they've got three episodes left. You think only three? Yeah. Well, we've got marbles left. We've got the bridge left. Mm-hmm. We've got, I know they can't do tug of war. Yeah. I think they invented two different games. Oh. For, they did the the warship, which was basically battleship. Yeah. And then they did, they're going to have another one I think they made up. And then we have the final challenge. Hmm. And maybe I'm forgetting a squid game challenge but i don't know i would be i would be disappointed if it was just like two episodes or each drop or something i need more squid i don't know if i do you don't need more squid i mean i need i definitely need more but i also like i'm starting to lose my patience and i want it to be resolved okay okay i'm not I- <laughs> <laughs> I I could uh, stay in this. I want to be on Squid Game. Maybe you could do next year's. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> <laughs> my my plan is this because Eric and I went to Dave and Buster's after Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday, and we were playing games. And I said to him, "We should go on Squid Game together." <laughs> and like no one knows because for anyone who hasn't watched there's a mother and son and they're together and i'm just like why did you tell them that you know each other Mm -hmm. like 
I would, the best thing is to divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. And then if we can wind up in the top two, then it doesn't really matter who wins. Yeah. Well, me and Billy were talking about this, but unfortunately, I think they were that like in the in the last episode where they all get given a picnic as a treat and then they all kind of pair off. I immediately got the heebie-jeebies. I don't know about you, Mills, but I was I was like, why the fuck are you two sitting together? Like, give Mima some space because you don't want to be like too heavily aligned because you're going to be split up. This is a rookie yeah. move. Like, what are you doing? I know. Everyone was saying that. Like, did you not watch the show? Like, did you not watch the actual program? Like, yeah. when you stick to someone too much, this kind of thing is going to happen. Well, my other thing was this. Now, my question for you, and guys, this is not really a spoiler at all, so don't worry about it. It kind of is. But, like, if you're going to watch the first five episodes, like, eh. So, you know, Rick and Steve, the old Uh man, Rick. Uh Uh-huh. I love him. Yeah. How he won the candy bar. Uh Uh-huh. I think Rick's coming back. (laughs) Interesting. Because he never opened his candy bar. Yeah. He never opened it. And so I have a feeling that that he might be able to come back. (gasps) That would be good. Yeah. Because I think, you know, he could win it all, baby. I don't know. No. I don't know. But let's get into the news around it. Mm. Yes. There's a lot of stuff going on on TikTok at the moment. So obviously, because the show is airing, um, whatever embargo was on the players and the contestants has been lifted. So I've actually seen quite a few people who were on the show. You know, what did we start off with? It's like 465 people or something, isn't it? Yeah, uh, 456, yeah. So, like, obviously, huge, huge amount of people. There are going to be people who are immediately going to get on TikTok the second that's lifted and say, like, I was in Squid Games and this is what, like, this is what it was all about. So I've seen a few of those and people just generally talking about it in, like, quite a, a roundabout way and what the experience was like. But... Then I started seeing these videos from people who were talking about, in particular, how grueling filming the red light, green light section was. And if you've not seen Squid Games, that is the sort of giant open courtyard set with that big animatronic girl. And it looks like it's maybe in a warehouse or something of that ilk. And people who are playing the game have come out and said that they got really unwell that they like you know there was nerve damage from standing around for so long that they got hypothermia because it was so cold in there and there's a potential lawsuit coming down the pipe where they will possibly try and sue but I guess I don't know how much success they'll have with that given that they would have signed a million and one liability forms oh like they signed away their life yeah for sure there's no way that a production like that would every reality show does that yeah. I think they used to do that for the fucking real world. You know what's wild as well? So like in the red light, green light, it's, it's the, the time on the clock is five minutes to get across the line, right? But I think the people who were playing had said that they were there for about eight or nine hours playing it. Well, yeah. So I guess the way that what had to happen, which makes sense for legal and all these other things, is that they would play the video of them 
running, you know, like they would play, they would film it and then they would sit there in production and play it back and make sure they'd have like independent people watching it Mm -hmm. and seeing if there was any other movement looking from different angles so that if someone got out, it was fair. Yeah, because apparently they, they, did you see that um, making of where they showed the vests that they were wearing? No. So there's like, I think it was to show how they did the the little kind of explosions on the chest. So like when they're out there, it's this little squib that goes off and they get this little like burst of black ink on their, on their top. Uh-huh. And so they, they, all of them are wearing this rig, which is like, it looks like a Kevlar vest, honestly. There's a little sort of thing in the back. I think it's got a tracker on it that's supposed to be tracking where all the players are and tracking any movement and then and then this little die pack which is then remotely activated but the tracker thing was interesting to me because they talk about how there's a tracker and then there's 16 cameras mm-hmm. to capture any motion mm-hmm. I want you know in the pack oh no or in the place in the place where oh. they're at. yeah so like somewhere between the tracker in the vest and the 16 cameras the independent verification from the, you know. My question is this. How long is it that that little path? Because like my my thing is, is like, I don't know how you could lose that. Like, I don't I because like it's a song like the thing with the chaos of traditional red light, green light over here over here is like the person who's saying red light and green light can literally just go whenever. And yeah, that's that's the part of it that's hard is that it's you know it's just it's wild as mom would say i enjoy the chaos of their game (laughs) player 302 but yeah i i'm like i would just first of all i think more than running i think that i would just rely on my ridiculous stride like how i just I, I'm almost a fast, faster walker than I am a runner. Mm-hmm. Like when that lady wound up in a squat, I was like, how did that even happen? Mm-hmm. Like, of course, like she wound up in like holding, of course, now, now we know it was probably at least a 20 minute squat. They said it was like 45 minutes. She was in that squat. Yeah. And that yeah. I can imagine would cause some nerve damage. Yeah. It's like being in a stress position, but that. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Do you know what? Now it makes a lot more sense to me because I couldn't understand why people were lying on the ground. They were getting up, running, and then lying on the ground in between. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that just seems really foolish. But now we know, of course, they were cold. They couldn't stand. Maybe they just couldn't stand anymore. And then they just thought, you know what? I'm just I'm going to be lying here for maybe an hour. And it probably is better to fake dead. Yeah. You know, in that sense. Yeah, I think that that would be the move. But I, yeah, I just don't know how people – I'm like, it's a song. Yeah. You just stop when the song stops. Yeah. Like, because it takes her even a few seconds to turn around. The doll, the big girl. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it's, uh, I just don't know what people are thinking. I I don't know. I I, I thought that um, I was very inspired to go on it, but, you know, I'm not surprised. I, one of the first things I thought was it's probably so fucking cold, even in the dorm. Yeah. It it looks cold. Like, it looks sparse and, inhospitable yeah and i that is one thing that i do not do well with is like being really cold like i get cold easily and then i'm not good at being in it did you notice how everybody was running with their hands in their pockets no so there's a lady called grandma gone wild who went out in red light green light and maybe we should play her little video because she talks about like why that was why everybody had their hands in their pockets Okay, let's listen. We had the game had to have been at least nine hours. It had to have been. Well, and remember, it was below freezing. We were my the my my feet were numb. My hands were blue. Constant. Snot dripping from my nose, constantly just shivering the whole time. I have never been that cold that long in my life, and everybody was. If you look at scenes um, on the show, you'll see people that still had their because then before the game started, they gave us hand warmers and they gave us foot warmers. When the game started, they told us that we had to give them back the hand warmers and foot warmers, and we could not zip our we had to unzip our jackets. But you can see people, um, if you look closely, you can see that people still have hand warmers in their hands. And you can see that pretty much everybody had their hands in their jacket pocket. And um, the mother at the end, even when she's hugging her son, she still had her hands in her pockets. That's telling you how cold it was. When you see people jumping, you see people doing this in the game, they weren't doing that because they were nervous. They were doing that because it was so doggone cold that they had, had to do whatever they could to, um, to warm up. It was, it was ridiculous. Oh, the thing that I'm thinking of is like, I know they have to, they, they have to be able to watch the footage and like officially adjudicate so that there's no question of like, who was out and who was in because obviously there's such a big paycheck. 
for me, like the cold element sort of invalidates a lot of that because of like involuntary shivering that that takes out the bit of the game where it's about skill in any sort like in any sense because you could be incredibly good at holding a a pose for a long period of time without making any movement Mm -hmm. but like be shivering involuntarily and then you'd you'd be out so then like how does that how is that a, a like a skill-based like winning mechanism yeah I mean one could say it's like a survival thing but uh, yeah I don't think that that's what people thought they were signing up for it also is so not conducive to like it's first of all it is so difficult to start running again and like be mobile Mm -hmm. when you have been standing still Like, that's a really scary thing for the body. And also, it's, like, running and freeze. Maybe this is just the smoker in me or whatever, but anytime I run in very, very cold temperatures, Mm. my lungs are scorching Mm -hmm. because it's just so, like, the really cold air is just so abrasive for my lungs. And I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's probably a universal experience. But, yeah, I – that game sounds yeah it sounds like a bloodbath and of course we have to remember mom in particular is a professional at was a professional athlete when she was younger so yeah i'm i am a little surprised at some of the people who made it and some of the people who didn't make it mm-hmm. a little surprising and also the game yeah just them taking away the hand warmers, like let them have them in their pockets, mm-hmm. you know, for below freezing. Like I understand they wanted yeah. they wanted to have the uh, jackets unzipped so that they would get the on screen impact of letting the squibs go. But then, I, like, I always question anything like this that has such a, I don't know, like a, a high high stakes for the people competing versus. Uh, people who are making a television show because like I don't know how ethically you can make tv that like doesn't that that isn't going to potentially be a little bit harmful to people if you're just trying to get you're essentially just there to get the shot like and like tease out whatever story you want to do or like edit someone as a villain I don't know I have this there's questionable ethics for me always with this kind of thing mm-hmm yeah. I can't articulate it very well, but it's just like something is a little like I just feel a little uneasy about it because like like we know how TV is made. We know how in particular reality and stuff is made and we know how heavily invested a, a lot of story producers are in uh, crafting and creating the narrative that they want on screen. And yeah, I think like it opened my eyes when I went to a, a talk that this like legal pe- these legal people did about some of the questionable ethical practices of a tv channel here in the uk and they were talking about like uh, a storm rolling in when they were shooting a kind of survival show and how everybody just was on this island and they were just like just soaked sick in danger of getting hypothermia like want everybody like revolted and then the producers were talking about how they like they basically like you know manipulated everybody into staying and I don't know, at what point does the welfare of uh, of like on-screen people, I don't know. I think it should matter. I yeah. mean, I think it, I think that absolutely should matter. Yeah, I don't, I wonder, 
how much i mean like production had to have been aware of like how cold it was right well they were aware enough that they were handing out hand warmers and foot warmers you're right and well what do you think about the guy that was like hyperventilating during the cookie game holy fucking shit that was that was odd it was very odd. It made me feel like he was not properly vetted yes. for the show. Yeah. He, I think I understand why they would want to maybe include someone that was neurodivergent and maybe like that was sort of what was suggested, right? Mm-hmm. When he said that, I mean, he basically described himself as shy, trying to leave the Mormon church and- A chronic like, bedwetter? Chronic, oh my God. Tiffany, when he dropped chronic bedwetter, I was st- I was breathless. I was stunned. Same, same. I was like, I couldn't believe. I'm like, you didn't have to admit that. I know. I know. That's my big thing. Like, I know sometimes people want to go all the way there. It's their job. They want to stand out. But I'm like, don't. They're not paying you to do all that. Mm-hmm. Like, America doesn't need to know mm-hmm. that. But. Yeah, like there was just something about him that felt, oh, the third thing he said was that he had a bunch of siblings and they're all jokesters and they would often make jokes that were sarcastic and he just never felt like he understood them, which felt like he was saying what, yeah, he was like sort of saying that without saying it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I could you could just tell like he was very socially overwhelmed and like you know, just emotionally overwhelmed. And that yeah. was hard to watch. Really yeah. hard to watch. I agree. I think like I think a lot of neurotypical people would struggle in that sort of environment. So alien. Yes. yes. Like it's very, it's very it's very strange world, you know? And the pressure to not get umbrella was is like cra- I mean, like it's crazy. Like the yeah. amount of people that chose to die over selecting umbrella was crazy to me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Like, I just take, like, there was, like, we lost, you know, like, eight soldiers or something like that just to the (laughs) thought of being, um, doing Umbrella. And I'm kind of like, at this point, like, what does it matter? And I had so many thoughts about the cookie thing that I was just like, by the time they got to spit in the tin, I was shaking with rage. I was like, (laughs) no shit. Like, what are you doing? I don't even know if licking the cookies is necessary. <laughs> just soak the whole thing in your spit yeah but Although, i don't know oh it did uh, that did actually turn my stomach because when they were pulling out the like spit soaked cookies oh yeah there's something about that that was just like so gross to me <laughs> I, and then of course oof. that guy like nearly vomiting throughout the entire thing retching like retching with nerves i've never seen yeah. like it it felt like uncomfortable honestly i felt bad yeah. for him yeah i don't know but we will be well, watching the rest of the episodes <laughs> oh absolutely are you kidding stay tuned for a major injury that's the inside tea so babe good news derek chavin george floyd's murderer was stabbed in federal prison oh. yeah on black friday which was very which was like honestly i'm surprised it took this long mm. Because it's been like two years, right? It's been in there a little while, yeah. And I think that because it's medium, it's medium security federal prison, like, I don't know how protected he is. So he's sort of maybe just been out in the open and he 
had life-threatening injuries and they did get him stable again, which I think, honestly, there's some positive sides to that because I don't think the rest of his time in prison will be great. And I do think the longer this drags out, the better. Yeah. How long is his sentence? Do we know? Oh, I think it's life. Okay, great. (laughs) I think he's going to die in there. Yeah. Okay. Especially given his age, whatever the sentence was, it's like given his age. I think that if he ever were to get out, he would have he would be a very, very elderly man. But I don't think that he's someone who's suited to spend that long in federal prison. Oh, 21 years for violating Floyd's civil rights and 22 and a half years for second degree murder. So a nice round 43 and a half years. And he was like 50, like, you know, or something. Yeah. So like, you know, maybe even like late 40 or mid 40s or something, but definitely um, old enough that I was like, okay, that's a life sentence. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Do like a lot of people make it to like their 90s in prison? Do you know what? I don't think it's good for life expectancy. No. I I think probably like... Lack of access to healthcare, lack of <laughs> exercise, lack of good nutrition. I think that'll take its toll eventually. Well, just the stress and anxiety alone. Yeah. Of being in there, I would think like in that environment, especially if you have a target on your back, is just it ravages the system. I mm. mean, we're both people who have followed Delphi and you've seen what has happened to Richard Allen. Yeah, he looks like he's he's aged about. 30 years in the last 60 days or whatever. I'm not going to say that the man went in there looking like a rosy cheeked, you know, sort of really (laughs) healthy looking guy anyway. But I mean, to say that this man has decayed rapidly, I'm worried he won't make it to trial. Mm -hmm. Like he looks very much. I've never seen someone's face. Do you think he's on Ozempic or something? He looks so skinny. (laughs) He looks so gaunt. He's like, what if they're just like, what if they've been abusing like semi-glutide trials on Richard (laughs) Allen? (laughs) Because like he's getting, you know, the sunken cheeks. Like it's very much, he looks like shit. So... He might not be a candidate for the drug, but I, yeah, I just, you know, not surprised that this happened. I think we all thought this would happen. Surprised it kind of took this long. Mm. I do think that they, it is important to the prisons to make sure that he doesn't die easily Mm -hmm. because that could be a lawsuit that could be whatever and he is like high profile essentially right and the the sentence is the sentence right like regardless he shouldn't be uh well yeah the prison should be doing their job at like being a sort of custodian to him and like i think the worst punishment of all is like is spending the the rest of your life in a living hell like yeah. really truly it's a prison is not a pleasant environment and if you want to see someone punished well yeah he can he can be there he can never have all of the nice things that he had on the outside world again i'll tell you it's very motivating for me when i hear about how bad prison is it's very motivating <laughs> for me to just mind my business yeah. and like try not to do anything really bad and not put myself in any bad situations. Like, you know, we didn't have this on the dock, but Tiffany Haddish caught her second DUI in about 
you know, 14 months or something this weekend. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, don't do that. Like, you, you're going to wind up in jail. Like, yeah. and you're going to wind up if you, if, cause you hurt someone. Like, I mean, she fortunately for her is in a place where one, she never needed to do this because she is wealthy. But secondly, like, you know, if she loses her license, she can just take Ubers. Oh, exactly. The thing that kills me actually about rich people getting DUIs is like, I mean, they really truly have no business getting them. I mean, I love being driven around. Nothing makes me feel like a little baby yes. more. It's so fun. And it's like, yeah, a, a little, you know, it's like a hundred and something dollars to Uber from my house to Disneyland, oh. you know? So like, she, which is like an hour away. So like, why can't, you know, why isn't she just taking, I don't know. I mean, I can understand to an extent why a celebrity might not want to get into an Uber X, but I've heard that Leonardo DiCaprio takes Uber X's because mm. he's a, you know, environmentalist. And they're all Priuses because they don't have to pay as much, um, you know, like congestion tax and stuff. Yeah. If I was a celebrity, I would be, I would be driven everywhere. And I, that's how I behave now in my life. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to whoever did that to Derek Chauvin. Hope that it's not too hard on your existing sentence. Yeah. Let us know. I am sending some more commissary stuff to Harlem soon. So uh, let me know if you <laughs> shout yeah. out. I know we're big in prison or at least we're trying to be. So <laughs> I wonder if his name is going to get leaked or like, because like he's going to probably face the board or whatever, face yeah. the judge for yeah. this uh, justice that he attempted to get. You know what I think my greatest skill, though, in Squid Game would be? Wow. Illusion. <laughs> like, I think that that's a part of the, the game that a lot of people are not realizing, like, you have to be delusional to think you could win Squid Game mm -hmm. for most of these people. And so, and also, like, walking out of there without a scent, you know, it's dark to think about. So I sense that a lot of these people are here just to... I don't know. Are you drawing something? No. Oh, it sounds like colored pencils or I don't know. <laughs> a regular pencil or something. Still? Like, no, it just sounded like like markers or pencils or something. Oh, it might be my uh, my my nails on the cursor. Um, I, was, oh. I was clicking back to the window. Sorry, I was clicking back to the dog. Are your nails really long right now? Ooh, ASMR. <laughs> what a treat. I know. For free? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think delusion would be good in Squid Game. Just saying. I agree. I think that would be that would be the only thing that would push me through, really. Is it the belief that I had already won? Mm-hmm. Like this game is mine, baby. It's mine. Say but I'm less. just a little too slow on some of the instructions like that final game you could have get me in a million years to understand how to play that fucking game <laughs> like i paid close attention to squid game and like even went back and tried to like reverse to get the rules a little bit no idea how they play that game <laughs> so yeah but okay let's get into the big bar stool news honey 
<laughs> did you see this naturally in the wild? How did you find out about Silvana and Dave? Oh, I didn't. You sent it to me and I, I really enjoyed it very, very much. I loved the energy of the piece. Um, <sighs> I love the little, the nuggets. I love the soundtrack. I loved everything about it. So Dave Portnoy and his model girlfriend, Silvana, how would you say her last name? Mojica. Yeah. Or Mojica. Yeah. Where's she from? I'm not sure. Silvana is giving Eastern Europe, but maybe not. I don't think so. But she is his girlfriend that's much younger than him, 20 years younger than him, I think. And she is gorgeous and has been carted around by him for a very long time and just like very much a part of the whole conversation, the universe at Barstool. And they were, for as far as everyone could see, a very happy couple. And then they surprisingly broke up over, I guess, Thanksgiving. I think that they broke up technically a few days before Thanksgiving and had it had been private and then she dropped this on Thanksgiving Eve it's a video of her crying in the bathroom on the floor to fast car the Tracy Chapman version and showing him like showing all these cards that she had bought for him and like the caption said imagine buying all of these for someone and then getting dumped and I mean, they were cute cards. Do you know what they seemed like? What? The gesture of someone who does not have financial equity in a relationship. Because mm-hmm. they were sort of like these printed cards that maybe you'd get on Etsy. One could assume that maybe these were something that she w- was going to hide around the house or, you know, something that she would drop him on occasion to just with like a loving note inside of them. Yeah. But they very much seemed like the gesture of someone who lacked the resource, like lacked the same resources as the person they were with. Yes. Yeah. They're very sweet. I'm just looking at them now. There's one that says, I have little hearts in my eyes for you. That's a little heart eye emoji card. One that says angels couldn't be everywhere, so they sent me to you. One that one broke my heart because I was just like, "That's such bullshit about Dave Portnoy." But I know. No <laughs> felt that way made me side with her. Yeah, but yeah, a cat and a dog. A cat giving a balloon to a dog that says, "For my dear friend." And then there's one that I can't quite make out that has. Oh, maybe it says pigs and kisses. And it has a little pig on it. Dave loves animals. Ah. He's a big animal lover. Hogs and kisses. Okay, that makes more sense. Pigs and kisses. Who says that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, right away, everyone was sort of like, there was obviously always two sides in these sort of things. It seemed like the overwhelming reaction was she... Like did like you know he didn't deserve her, and mm. so if he dumped her, this is like the best thing that ever happened to her. And then there were people like were like the only thing she's boohooing about is like her meal ticket, <laughs> and mm. yeah, you know what? I am sure that that's a part of it, and I don't know if I blame her. No, get what you can. Sprinkle, 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 sprinkle. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I. Dave didn't say anything for several days after this came out, which is not very Dave. No. 
he's someone who likes to get on this would be normally like an emergency press conference as he calls them <laughs> by the way i need to tell you this i totally forgot to tell you this you had sent me this and then had said emergency press conference dave portnoy dumps hot girlfriend and then i thought so i had a little look at the cards and they sent me because they were just like there was something really wholesome and like misguided and like like out of context about them and then you text me you squidding question mark and obviously you were asking me if I was watching squid games but I thought that was on one of the cards like she sent him a card that said you squidding and maybe it had like a little squid on it and it took me like a full day to realize that that's not what what and that's why I didn't respond because I was <laughs> because that's what I thought you were yeah you were just highlighting one of the lovely pieces of of uh, Etsy crafts Anyway, no, no, no. <laughs> sorry, two separate thoughts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but then, like you know, out of the gutters of nowhere comes this online rumor that's spreading very fast and showing up on Reddit and it's showing up on Twitter that allegedly Dave had cheated on Silvana with Raquel, aka Rachel from Vanderpump Rules, and that was like what but apparently the two of them were in the same city i guess for a brief window of time carry illinois or something and he was there for a pizza review and more likely because barstool has an office in chicago but like he you know he was there for a pizza review and allegedly she had been into town too and right away i just i'm not buying it like i just paid dust to it because i yeah, I just it made no it made no sense to me. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think she would do that. I don't think Raquel's particularly on Dave's radar even. Mm -hmm. Even though he's kind of like pop culture obsessed and very involved in all of that. For some reason I just I don't think I ever heard him speak on it. Out of all the things that like, you know, like I'll watch that show BFFs that he does sometimes to see what he says about certain things. But yeah, and like also because I'll have influencers on there a lot and sometimes like, for example, my favorite Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio interview ever. But yeah, it just he, I don't think he's ever talked about her. And also, I just I do think that she's gone to therapy and has worked on herself. Mm -hmm. And so like being back in the presses, I don't know, there's something about it that just felt like a cruel prank to me. I know. What so you mean. yeah, you, you it's like. Does she want to continually be the person who's dragged into any conversation when somebody splits up with somebody? Like, no. Blame Raquel. Let's blame Raquel for every couple ever that's ever split I, up. I think she's a very mentally fragile girl. And that's why, and I think that that's what made her susceptible to Tom. Of course, she's responsible for her actions. Mm -hmm. It's also true that tom is the one with the pattern of this and that he can be very cunning right so yeah i just i don't know i thought it was very sort of like i don't know i just thought it, i thought it was also like dumb that people believed this yeah like why would you even entertain like that's q and you're in q and on if yeah. you're entertaining that so do you want to read what dave's statement was to page six yeah Okay. 
It's kind of wild that I had a breakup, which is hard enough to go through without hearing I fucked that lady. Yeah. Wait, he said that? Yeah, he did. And then, but that was like the second, the second part. He said, I can confirm I've never met that trash bag in my life. And it's wildly insulting to even be mentioned in the same sentence as her. I was eating pizza at Uncle Jerry's, which was spectacular, by the way. It got an 8.3. Which is harsh. The rating? The trash bag statement. I agree. No, the rating. I th- I mean, like, who knows? That seems generous to me. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think that I-, I-, I feel like that was a mean thing to say. It is a mean thing to say. But it's not unlike a lot of things that are said about her all the time anyway. No, I know. But it's like she didn't. <laughs> she, she didn't do anything to Dave Portnoy. I, I talk about like catching a stray. Yeah. For like, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like every time I talk about this, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm. But like, I don't know. I just think it's too much. I think it's too much. And I know that that's like seems to be an unpopular opinion, but I feel like you got to let it die. Mm-hmm. No reason to keep going mm-hmm. at a certain point. Yeah. She didn't fuck your boyfriend. So like, you know, you she didn't. On. And you better watch out because if this is the energy you're spreading out there, you know, she, she just might. So, <laughs> But yeah, I don't think there was cheating. So there was someone I was catching because when I first saw this, I like hopped on Reddit and I just type in Silvana and Dave in the search and uh, sort by what had just come out that day. And there was a person in the comments of every Reddit post about this breakup that was saying that they were a friend of Silvana's cousin. And apparently the reason why she and Dave broke up is because she gave him a drunken ultimatum on marriage and kids within 10 years. Oh, First of all, a 10-year ultimatum is crazy. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 10 years is, yeah, I mean. Long leash. Hell yeah. But, and like, because you can also break up anytime in those 10 years. Yeah, you could break up on the, you know, midway through the ninth and you'd still be good. But apparently, like, Silvana also was having anxiety about some of the positions that Dave puts her in. She has, like, social anxiety and just general anxiety. And him constantly being combative was something that was not contributing to her being healthy, Mm. which is viable 100%. Yeah, I can see that. So I think that that seems real. I also feel like, dude, you know, don't go telling people things on Reddit and being like, I'm this very, I'm this person who could only be one person. Yes. Like when Grimes did that post where she was like, I've got a husband that's a piece of shit and also (laughs) one of the richest (laughs) men in the world. (laughs) It's like, we know it's you, Claire, okay? (laughs) But yeah, I I don't know. I'm sure she'll be okay. You know, I, I don't know. I'm sure she'll be okay. I guess that she had just moved into his house. Yeah, well, she's very beautiful and... If she's if she's clever, she will uh, use this to make a little twist and pivot for her own platform and yeah. move on with her life. I mean, well, better. she was smart to like break the exclusive. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud of her for that to get ahead of it because Dave's certainly going to use this for fodder. Oh, fucking right. Milk it, babe. Yeah, he just had to get through, I think, like his big Black Friday sale. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's like your big thing is like your t-shirt sales, you know? So yeah. Well, God bless. Did you watch this thing I put in the doc about these two girls? That I did. Beefing? Okay, I, did. I want to hear your thoughts. I um I really love when something really small and innocuous is captures the attention of the internet, and that is exactly what this is for me. So these two young women who I guess had a had a falling out, or there was a ghosting that happened over a year ago. Am I right in thinking that? Mm-hmm. It feels like that. And girl number one tells her side of the story while she's doing a get ready with me about, you know, the only time in her life where she's ever just cut someone out, just completely like cold turkey, clean, you know, out my life for, I think essentially like trying to get a little too close to her boyfriend mm-hmm. that involves a, a hoodie and a sandwich. <laughs> And then, uh, as we all deserve here on the Blue Ivy's internet, we do get a part two where the girl B responds and tells her side of the story. What's great about it is that it's very non-juicy in any way. No, it's like it couldn't be less of our business. Yeah. It couldn't be anything. But, like, that's what's interesting about it is because these dynamics happen in friendships all the time. Uh And I think that – If you haven't been a part of something like this, you know people who have. And I think everyone has had someone at some point in their life just like, you're like, where'd you go? And like, you just, it's to be assumed that you did something to piss them off, but you don't know what it is. You're just like, well, Mm -hmm. what? Mm -hmm. Like, and they're not like, they won't talk about it. They won't. And it's. This is what that that's what this reminded me of because a lot of people were throwing out the words for girl on the left, aka girl number one, that she had invisible boundaries. Oh. And I agree with that. Ooh. Where she had so here's here's what happened. So girl number one tells a story about how her friend, you know, immediately added her crush to close friends. And she bought him like a special sandwich and was like really wanted to make sure that she gave it to him. And she also had borrowed his hoodie, which like her friend didn't mind because she's like, I don't want you to freeze, you know, but I guess the girl held on to the hoodie and had posted a couple photos of her in the hoodie and to her close stories. And you know, it's this young people internet thing. Like I, 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 from what I gathered from girl number two, a lot of people approach close stories. Cause like there's sometimes people that I get in their close stories. I'm like, Oh me really? Like, oh, yeah. That's nice. Same. I feel it's very sweet and validating when I see that little green circle. I think, Oh, thank you. Yeah. Like, thanks for including me. Yeah. But then I've had a lot of friends who are like, you know, Maybe they're doing a sponsorship or something and they just use it to tell their regular friends like, hey, just like interact with this because I'm doing a brand deal or, you know, just if you see something on my story, it's because of this, that or the other thing. Right. Like it's sometimes they're used in a very like utilitarian way Mm -hmm. or maybe for like sharing pictures of their kid or whatever. Right. So this girl was, you know, she comes in and is like, first and foremost, my close stories are not a big deal. I was there the night that she saw this guy and she met him. I 
added I added everyone who was at the party that night to my close stories. It was her birthday, I guess. And she said that the reason why she bought him the sandwich was because he had hung her flat screen TV for her in her bedroom. And I was like, you know what, actually? Fuck girl on the left, because that is like very relevant. Yes. Because like truthfully, let's be real, especially around a young age, I would guess these girls were like seniors in college when this happened. That is something that not a lot of people at that age, you just do favors and they're and you and they're done for you, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. and to have like sort of the class to think of like, I'm going to get your favorite sandwich because the place is near my work as a thank you. That's not like a let's fuck sandwich. <laughs> that's like a really thoughtful, like nice thing. And he and the girlfriend showed up together to pick up the sandwich. And I think she said she even handed it to her. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is that in regards to the hoodie, she just liked the hoodie. She was like, I just liked it. And people were like, girl, it's a basic black Nike hoodie. Like, it's not anything special. And I'm like, au contraire. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. you get a nice worn-in hoodie. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's replaceable. Like you can go and order that same hoodie off the internet, but it's not going to have the same worn in feeling. And you might not even be able to recreate it. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, maybe it, it, maybe it is like it, like just fit better than if she went and got her own. Cause I've experienced that, like where like I've went and bought something that was a, you know, the same thing as something I'd borrowed from someone else. And then when it came, it just didn't hit right. It didn't hit the same. I fucking agree. There are sometimes as well, like, you know, like odd pieces of clothing that you find, like, I have how many black t-shirts? Like 10. And they are, for all intents and purposes, kind of the same. Uh-huh. But some of them are really not, you know, some of them are like extra special. I can't tell you what it is about them. They're plain black t-shirts, but some of them, they just like, they fit a certain way, they feel a certain way. And sometimes it's like, it's just that. Yeah. When you get the right fit and feel on something, you're like, this is, no, it's beyond. And I kind of hoard those shirts for sure. Or like, even just like when I go home and I wear something of my mom's, I'm like, dude, this, I I want this. Like, can (laughs) I have this? She asked me what I wanted for my birthday. And I said, I kind of want that Grateful Dead hoodie that you let me wear when I was home. <laughs> like, who? Like, like I kind of want that old hoodie of yours. So, like, yeah, I don't know. In a in a, in a very basic way, I, I relate to this. But I guess some people are saying that she t- some of the close friends picks she took, like, because her friend was accusing her of posting thirst traps on her clothes stories and she was like I post my thirst traps on my regular stories like don't get it twisted like I want mm-hmm. everyone to see those mm-hmm. but I guess like one of the pictures she had posted in the hoodie she was like in a thong oh okay but I don't again I don't see that as like a hey is so and so come get your hoodie she did say something about how she thought he was set to another friend about how she thought he was cute and she could see herself getting along with him but I don't know very if that innocent. means. That's very innocent, I think. Yeah. So to me, yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of, 
agreeing with the invisible boundaries thing. Mm-hmm. It's also like a really interesting reminder of how you can, like two people can have like wildly diametric readings of a, of a like a very innocuous situation and like how then at a certain point, everything, everything that you see that's new is immediately like filed into your mental evidence folder of like wrongdoing. Even yes. if it's completely innocuous, that even the most innocent things will be self-fulfilling, like self-fulfilling prophecies. It's sort of like, you know, if you're going, if you're at the point of being paranoid enough to go through like a partner's phone, then I guarantee you, you will find something that will upset you. It doesn't oh. matter if they've been doing anything wrong, but you're like, you're looking for it. You're looking for bad behavior because you've like already convinced yourself that there's something nefarious happening. And it feels to me that's a little bit of like, of what girl A is just doing. She's just like, she's made a decision and now it's like everything she sees, every post that she'd see on close friends, like every interaction would be kind of viewed through this lens of paranoia. Mm-hmm. Which is, oh, it's rough. Which is, why would you be so upset and not tell your friend you're upset? Yeah. Like, I would, what's wrong with like, a, like girl, can you please not do that? Or like, can I just check with you about why you did this or whatever? But if she had ever like been messaging with him privately, that would be different. Yeah. If she was texting him without her on a group chat or like if she had, you know, gone off a group chat and been texting him privately, that's something that would stand out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just also, I'm kind of like, I need to see this guy. I know. <laughs> I would argue that having a friend that is willing to cut you out like that, first of all, you probably weren't that good friends anyway if you're not able to have a very real conversation. Well, yeah. And secondly, is is so fucking toxic. Like that is not something that you want to be friends with. I mean, she said that she's still with the guy, right? She's like, get your own boyfriend. You can buy him sandwiches. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. You, like, wasn't she, she said that she was living with this girl at one point. They were roommates. Mm-hmm. I think that it was probably like a suite or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How old did you think they were? Um, 12. <laughs> <laughs> I know it did it but it had it has that thing to it of just in the real world trying to act as an adult for the first time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. type of thing to it and yeah they seemed very young and they seemed just maybe like not a friend match like I could also see a little bit why it seemed like girl number two just had like a completely different personality than girl number one yes yeah Yeah, they did seem mismatched. You know what? We should send in our friend TikTok superstar Evelyn to sort it out because she would, in five minutes flat, be like, you know what, girls? This is some of the things I hate. People who buy sandwiches for other people, but at the same time, people who are passive aggressive about the giving of sandwiches to people. Yeah, like I can't imagine just not talking to a friend. Literally. Like at least have a blowout. You know, where you can like timestamp the end of the friendship, yes. you know, like at least, at least if you at least care enough to have a fight. Right. 
But if you're just like, no, I'm just going to like fade away on this girl. Like, I don't want to talk to her anymore. Like, I think she's hitting on my boyfriend. Like, I don't, first of all, I don't think that solves the problem. No. Because if she had been hitting on your boyfriend, she'd be hitting on your boyfriend after you had done that. Mm-hmm. Especially after you'd broken, like, yeah, broken up the friendship. You'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I'm just going to go in now. Also, yeah. like, how uneventful is your life that this is a story you tell a year later to the I internet <laughs> yeah I know I mean, yeah I, that's how you know they're young though yeah, it's yeah. because this is headline news but I think that that would have hurt yeah I can see yeah I I feel like I understand both of them I'm just sort of like I have an impulse to lean away from the girl who can't even have a proper argument no. about it no. you know Wrapping this up, CM Punk has wiggled his way back into the WWE. And you hate him. I hate him. And if you'll remember last time we spoke about him, he had been fired from AEW for strangling Luke Perry's kid, the Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and trying to attack his boss, the founder of AEW, Tony Khan. So that was his second sort of physical altercation backstage that was just completely unnecessary. And actually this put not just, it put multiple people's lives in danger. And people think that that's overblown, but sorry. I just, I don't think it's overblown. If someone's like, if someone's on a rampage and they're juiced up and they are recklessly violent and there's like stuff around, there's like crew around, there's cameras, there's equipment, there's all sorts of stuff. That's that's dangerous. And accidents can happen and that you are a liability. And if mm-hmm. the like lawyers can't find a way to hang on to you, then you're out. So he was brought back to WWE, even though no one wants him there, it seems. So he's going to be in a similar situation that he was at AEW after he returned from his first suspension when he lied about Larry's teeth, the dog. Like, he's he uh, he's going to be in a similar position there because no one at AEW wanted to wrestle with him anymore. There was, like, most of the main show people did not want to get involved with him. And I think WWE is similar because Punk has been in the WWE before. And he made a lot of enemies. And a lot of people in WWE were commenting when he was fired from AEW, just like, nope, stay the stay the hell away from here. You ruin locker room culture. Like, we don't want anything to do with you. Like, you're a cancer. Mm. So this wasn't a popular move for, for them. But I guess, you know, People were wondering how I would, would feel about this. I'm just going to tell you honestly, I feel defeated. I feel defeated. I feel defeated that this like guy continues to perpetuate workplace violence on a mass scale and keeps getting brought back. Mm. He's old. He's like 43. Like I don't and like that's not old in terms of any other world except for maybe the world of athletics and truthfully in wrestling you can keep going for quite some time. But, like, he's on the older end. He's been doing this for a very long time. He's had problems everywhere he's went. Like, it's just wrap it up. Why would you bring in this liability? But, Mm. 
you know, I guess he had said recently he had sort of expressed a problem with WWE. So it's sold to the Saudis. Did I ever tell you that? Oh, did it? Yeah. And oh, they've got major investment in combat sports. And he said to some other guy in in the WWE, he said, like, go suck a Saudi blood covered dick. Uh oh. Online. Oh no. And then then like they're like, Yeah, welcome, welcome to the program. So I don't know. It's interesting. But I did ask, and apparently there is a chance that he could fight Logan Paul. And I said, Well, Logan Paul's definitely gonna take the moral high ground with Punk. <laughs> Because, like, you know, that's what he does now. Like, he's going to be the one who's like, you're a bully. Like, I was like, if you don't think that that's going to be his storyline, it was like, is like Logan Paul singling him out for being a bully, then you're crazy. Don't you think? Because Logan kind of does that now. He feels like he's far enough away from his suicide forest thing that he can, you know. Yeah, he's trying to uh, reestablish himself as a renaissance man. Mm-hmm. So that's what I that's what I think. My oh, that's my bet. Our world's colliding if CM Punk fights Logan Paul. I know. It will be. It will be a hellhole. Like, but I, I <laughs> it's just I don't know. But yeah, those are those are the stories for this week. We're gonna go chit chat in the privacy a little. Yeah, the privacy. I hope you guys had a nice Thanksgiving if you celebrated. I hope that if you didn't, that you had a nice weekend and that you're resting up, feeling well. We're both sleepy girls over here. So let us sleepy. Know if, let us know if sleep is trending with you. <laughs> yeah. Is anybody else feeling like they are limping to the finish line of this year? Because, my God, I cannot get it up. I can't either. Like, we need a January 6th again to boost morale. <laughs> <laughs> we need some some crazy shit to happen. Not like, you know, that's serious. But, like, we could use another wild event, <laughs> I think. I know. I agree. Maybe with just less uh, insurgency, but, like, something good. Like, yeah. Let us know if you're planning anything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Exactly. We'd be so proud to uh, be ahead of that. So, all right, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Be safe. And maybe we'll talk to you on the afters over on our Patreon. Love Bye. ya. Bye. Shawty that look like a double G Every girl in here 10 But it ain't no Tennessee And you might just get some money But it ain't no guarantee Delta G's on the left Delta G's on the right And you know I stay in Texas I don't really like to fight Like we in 2013 Shawty do it for the fun Shawty moving real well I might have to wind it down Threw the money to the ceiling Now watch it hit the floor Now rag it up Rack, rack, rack it up King, bag it up Back, back, bag it up King, stack it up Stack, stack, stack it up She said, where you at? Sam Marcus down in Texas And if I drop a pin Best believe that she on the Thought way. Thought was important, but I moved her right about the way. Delta cheese tonight. Told her, baby, I got cheese tonight. Get a scholarship. I ain't smoking on no TAC. Low tolerance. All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow. Like the tell her. Shout out TurboTax, tax refund. What's another? Back to quarterback at recess. No rush. And you gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission. No rush. This ain't UT. Why your shirt orange like a pump? Mama call me as we have college. And I said, bust.
We are the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. I'm Yen, a reader, writer, liver, and breather of comic books. And I'm Nat, and I know absolutely nothing about comics. Which makes both of us authorities in our respective fields. Exactly. Hey, wait. On Comic Sans, I make Nat read some of my favorite comics, including Sandman, Saga, and Lore Olympus. And Yen tells me what makes that comic special. Then I hear what Nat thinks, and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. Listen to Comic Sans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can already binge our first season, and we just released a special bonus episode on Across the Spider-Verse. Hey, Nat, before we go, I'll give you 50 bucks if you can tell me what Comic-Con is. Is it related to Chili Con Carn? Do you mean chili con carne? Maybe we should be chili sands.